struggling to determine what's ethical and what's not for your business or practice? It may be because you haven't delved deeply into your why, your why for your business. Called by many a unique and deep approach, the Why Workshop is a self-paced $77 mini course that guides you in a multifaceted dive into why you do what you do. The resulting ahas can become the heart of your brand and filter all of the decision-making in your business. Go to defythestatusquo.com forward slash the hyphen why hyphen workshop to learn more. Critically conscious sounds fancy, but how on earth did you get to that, Ruthie? You might be wondering. I promise I didn't just pull it out of my ass. I'm not ruining a beautiful pair of words and some awesome alliteration by creating shallow IP. It took me years to get here, so let me take you on my journey. Let's get into it. Welcome to the Critically Conscious Coach, where coaches and consultants know the importance of deeply connecting with prospects, showing up in an authentic and joyful way, and inviting those people to become lifelong clients to exceed their sales goals. But most coaches are afraid to market themselves because they've been taught to use cookie-cutter marketing tactics and unethical sales approaches. When in reality, your prospect just wants a real emotional connection and amazing results. Therefore, get ready to unlearn and market yourself authentically through asking insightful questions, making better business decisions, practicing self-acceptance, and doing sales the right way. Hey there, welcome back to another episode on the Critically Conscious Coach. Oh my goodness, that feels so good to say. My name's Ruthie, and I'm the founder of Defy the Status Quo. And this podcast used to be called the Defiant Business Podcast. So don't worry, you haven't really missed too much, but we did do like a whole rebrand and all of that. It was awesome. If you haven't listened to the first episode that we've done since the rebrand where I talk about my experience with an unethical coaching company, I highly suggest you do because it plays into what I'm going to discuss with you today, which is what led to Critically Conscious. So all of all of that, all of that was a part of it, that story episode. So definitely go back and check it out. But I realized that I can't define who I am by repeatedly saying what or who I am not. And, and that's, just, that's just the way that it is. <laughs> you know, we can go on all day and say, I'm not a bro marketer. I'm not manipulative. I'm definitely not unethical. Or, of course, I don't have any malicious intent. But even looking at those sentences, the conversation often turns to what is manipulative? What, do you, what is unethical? How do we define malicious intent? And I realized those questions and more have to be answered thoroughly in order to move forward with confidence for any of us. In the small business coaching and consulting space, we're dealing with people's entrepreneurial dreams. When someone pays you $30,000 for business coaching or consulting, it's not like paying $30,000 for a bathroom remodel, although I think my latest bathroom remodel was like 36. It's a really nice bathroom though. And it's expensive. I live in Maryland and it's expensive here. Anyway, but yes, we had, you know, a bathroom plan. We discussed all of those things and we were able to pin everything down and we all knew when the project was done. But that's concrete and tangible. The project was done and now I can go take a shower in that bathroom and use the toilet. Coaching and consulting deal with products of the mind. 
right? Your experiences, your training, the knowledge that you've come across, all of those things are distilled into what we consider our expertise. That is your product of the mind. That's what you're offering to someone. As a coach, you're creating space for people to interact with and extract their own wisdom. Sounds beautiful, doesn't it? As a consultant, you're imparting highly relevant knowledge to help your client fix a problem or make a decision or, you know, guide them as, you know, they progress through their business. So how can you sell the products of your mind if you aren't highly aware? How can you be sure that they aren't damaged goods in some capacity or another if you have not done a deep exploration, if you don't explore your own mind deeply, the thing that generates the products of your mind? The journey to critically conscious wasn't a simple one. It wasn't an easy one. The longer I walked this road, the more I embraced the idea that I was the one to bring it to light. Yes, I had a crap ton of imposter syndrome here. I could not believe that as long as coaching has existed, ICF has been around and, and the, the federations over in Europe, as long as these things have been existed, how has no one else come up with this? But eventually I realized it was such a unique combination of different concepts that it made sense maybe that nobody had come up with it yet. And I knew that if I could just hold these concepts together in my mind and allow the possibilities to expand, collapse, and expand again, I would be able to present something to you that would help you help more people in an authentic and aligned way. So the first of these concepts you had to know, if you've known me for a while, if you know me for a couple years at least, you had to know that radical authenticity was the top of this list. But in case you haven't, let's talk about it. Radical authenticity. What the fuck is it? I realized I wasn't showing up as my real self. But almost a second later, I realized I didn't know who my real self was. The only thing I knew is that I was buried under layers and layers of masks and, and locks and things that I had hid away. And I think that that's true for many of us. I, I went from high school straight into the army and learned what it took to succeed as a woman in the United States military. And that was not always pretty. That was not always fun. And it altered my personality probably forever. Then I moved into being a stay-at-home mom, which did not jive with the soldier personality that I had developed. And I ended up going into federal contracting. I went back to work, but then that wasn't satisfying either. And I became an entrepreneur. But even in my own marketing, I realized that I was not showing up. I truly wasn't showing up. And I found this out because people would meet me in person and be like, wow, you're way different than I expected. And I'd be like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I don't know. Your marketing is just different. They didn't say my marketing was bad because my marketing was not bad, but they were, it was just different. And I heard that from more than one person. And I realized that I was hiding in my marketing. Hmm. This journey to understand, though, started with learning what wasn't the real me. So she isn't her accomplishments or deeds. This one was pretty easy since those are things that I've done, not who I am. But she also isn't her thoughts. I struggled with this one since I thought that my thoughts were the real me. There are so many of them that I, I don't share after all, so I figured those ones that I didn't share might be more the real me. However, how conscious was I of these thoughts? This was the first time the concept of, if you can observe it, it's not the real you, i.e. you aren't what you observe, actually made sense to me. And then of course, she isn't her emotions. The real Ruthie is not her emotions. Again, I can observe my emotions. And when I get some distance from the negative ones, i.e. I'm super mad, but I take an internal step back and kind of examine that anger. It's a weird inner out-of-body experience type feeling for me still. 
But when I do get that distance from the negative ones, I can learn a lot. But again, I'm observing them, which makes them not me. So you see, radical authenticity isn't about flying off the handle. It's not about speaking with no filter. It's about going deep with yourself and realizing that you, in fact, do have something true to be aligned to if you take the time to figure it out. So it was around this time I started calling myself the radically authentic personal brand strategist. But then emotional intelligence, eek. <laughs> emotional intelligence, mastering that which colors our perception of reality. So emotions are what add color to our experiences. Even apathy is an emotion. And if that was a color, I think it would be like a kind of muted dark gray. You let me know what you think. Emotions happen much faster than thought. They say, you know, the number they toss around is that emotions happen 10 times faster than thought. Like your cognitive mind is 10 times slower than your emotional mind. And I realized through my studies and the certification processes that I went through that I could work with my emotions instead of letting them rule me. I don't want to say that I'm like the master of my emotions because it makes it sound like at some point you'll just not have any more work to do. So instead, I'd like to say, you know, I work with my emotions. I see them as lessons or messages from deep, deep, deep inside of me. Uh, you know, even like distillations of of things like a combination of like my my life experience, my intuition, you know, messages from my consciousness even. And so since I've started this journey uh, of being an entrepreneur and, and looking at coaching and consulting, I've gotten two emotional intelligence certifications and I have two different assessments that I can use to start the emotional intelligence conversation with people. But it never felt right to call myself an EQ or emotional intelligence. We call it emotional quotient, right? Intelligence quotient, emotional quotient. That's where EQ comes from. But it never felt right to call myself an EQ coach, especially since most people still understand or misunderstand the concept of emotional intelligence. Eventually, I started to, you know, my road, it twists and winds, goes up hills and down valleys and crosses rivers. And I ended up in the land of creativity. Where does creativity come from? Because I was kind of thinking of it as it comes together with authenticity. Being creative is coming up with these things for yourself. You know, like, again, you've got a coach or a consultant who may guide you and, and create a space and give you some information or ask you the right questions to help you extract that wisdom from yourself. But that's your creative spark. These are the things that you're able to pull from yourself. And so I was led to explore the source of creativity. And this is when I started reading Dr. Amit Goswami's books. Having him on the podcast was amazing, by the way. Dream come true. His book, Quantum Creativity, explained the creative process. And we have a podcast episode about that. Episode 201, Maximizing Your Creativity in Business. I highly recommend you check it out. He talked so much about consciousness in the Quantum Creativity book, though, that I had to explore that as well. And to date, I've read like 10 or 11 of his books. <laughs> Did you know that scientists have yet to determine, you know, as a consensus, what makes us conscious? Dr. Goswami solved the riddles of quantum mechanics by placing consciousness at the foundation of our reality instead of matter. Instead of calling myself a creativity coach, though, I understood that leveraging my understanding of creativity would help me help my clients better. So... We've talked about authenticity, we've talked about emotional intelligence, we've talked about creativity, and then I ended up in the realm of critical thinking. Thinking about thinking, which is actually called metacognition, so that's really meta, thinking about your thinking, right? Eventually, I did. I wondered how about how we think. 
right? And how marketing and sales tactics, the unethical ones, are able to work on us. Because I figured in order to understand how they work, if I did, if I understood how these unsavory tactics and approaches worked, then I could focus on I could focus on the development and the promotion of strategies and tactics that were aligned with my desire to meet my clients where they were and and to treat them as powerful beings with the ability to save themselves, with the ability to make decisions for themselves, right? If we are more aware of our thinking and its patterns, how would that serve us and our clients better? That was the question I wanted to know. So I began to research critical thinking especially the Paul Elder approach to critical thinking. And I even joined the foundation of critical thinking, which was super exciting. I realized that the vast majority of critical thinking approaches don't address the emotional component. Or worse yet, they say that you must leave your emotions out of your critical thinking process. Uh, I definitely didn't want to label myself with strictly the critical thinking kind of label, but it would be important in my work. I just knew it, right? (laughs) And then finally... Finally, one of the last stops on this journey to critical, critically conscious was ethics, which is a small word but has a, a big meaning, right? Ethics is what we owe to each other just for existing. You've probably heard me say that before. It's why when I drive down the street, I don't mow people down. I owe it to them to not run them over with my car. That's part of my agreement when I get into the car. Ethics and critical thinking go together like the elements of your favorite sushi roll, whatever that is. And if you don't like sushi, I'm not sure we can be friends unless you will go with me, order something else and let me have your sushi. (laughs) There are many philosophers that have talked about ethics and what we owe to other human beings. And we'll be unpacking that in upcoming episodes as we look at what we owe our audience, our prospects, our partners, and our clients. So eventually I held all of these things in my mind. And I knew they were all connected, but I couldn't work out how for the longest. But I have explored all of these topics on the podcast, and I realized that it was what lit me up inside. So we rebranded the podcast from the Defiant Business Podcast to the Critically Conscious Coach. I think all coaches and consultants will need to be critically conscious to come out of the paradigm shift our industry is currently in with a healthy business that they can joyfully show up for. In the next episode, What Does Critically Conscious Mean?, I'll share more about the framework and how I transformed it from a drunken spiderweb of connections to a logically stacked spoke and wheel framework. I'll see you then. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm exploring a few new offers based on the critically conscious concept, and I'd love your feedback. None of them are set in stone, but they are ideas that I have, and I want to do some market research. Absolutely no pressure. If you've listened to the podcast, you know what to expect from me on a phone call. I just want to make sure that I'm serving in a way that is most helpful to you. So shoot me a DM if you can set aside maybe 30 minutes to chat. I'd really appreciate it. Thank you.